0: hello and welcome back this is pop law i am desiree
1: And I am Tyrone.
0: And we are not not your your attorneys. attorneys. I know we've been gone for a minute.
1: Like you can't fault us for that because life just happens.
0: Lord, um, y'all missed us. Like we are still missing this Formation World Tour DVD. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's jump right into it. I mean, let's see what's going on in the world since we last saw you guys a lot. uh, Golden Globe nominations came out.
1: Yes. And for the most part, I was happy because I think we had a really good year in movies and different types of movies um, being successful. But where I was not so happy, get out
0: get out we
1: know there was some controversy about even that movie being put in the comedy category and jordan peele the director writer everything for that movie he had some words to say about it which again he's not wrong i still just feel like it was a really funny movie to me
0: so you think it (laughs) needed to be in a comedy
1: i didn't think it needed to be in comedy category but i laughed a lot and it
0: was funny because it was some real <laughs> mess. And it was funny seeing white people in a the theater and you, like, yeah, what well, y'all do be uh, uh, stealing culture,
1: Listen, harvesting I was looking,
0: organs, you know, luring people in. I mean,
1: I was looking around, it was a thriller, it at, was a thriller at all the non or all the, all the white people. And I was like, mm-hmm. y'all heard Tyrone
0: try to be politically correct, and then he got back <laughs> into his right cell. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was just looking around. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "Yeah, Wh- which part are you laughing at?" Right. Okay. I was like, "Cause I can laugh." Cause this is <laughs> this is my life up on the screen. Um, but yeah, Jordan Peele actually. So it got nominated for the best comedy for a, a film, because you know, Golden Globes is movies and television. But Jordan did not get a best director nomination, which everyone was like, "How? How could you not? Right. Like, this was such." not only was it a novel way to do a movie, but it was done really well.
0: Very well. Mm -hmm. So,
1: it was pretty glaring there, and then also Tiffany Haddish did not get her props for Girls Trip, which, if she was going to be nominated for anything, it would have been Best Supporting Actress in a comedy film. And she is conspicuously not there.
0: Well, I have to admit, I have not seen Girls Trip. (sighs) And I've wanted to see it, but I, okay, you, no one would go with me. So, you know what? I think it's on demand now, and I please, will watch
1: it. Please watch it. It's. I Honestly, I didn't think I was going to laugh as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted to support the film and the women in the film, and black women especially. And so I was like, okay, well, let me go purchase my ticket. But then I had no clue who Tiffany Haddish was before this movie. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I... I tell you, I was grabbing my side throughout the entire movie because every scene she was in, she came with the extra and not good extra. Like she wasn't just saying her lines like she was giving you like a very comedic role and it was pivotal to the movie.
0: So I was first introduced to her a few years back because she was on Bill Bellamy's Who Got Jokes and I probably didn't see it when it was in syndication, but... I used to fall asleep watching TV one and I used to come on like four in the morning. So she used to be on air having me on my neck. But um, I like her. She's funny and she had a great year. She was on Watch What Happens live last night, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta live after show. And was she
1: promoting her new book?
0: Yeah, she was promoting her um, new book, The Last Unicorn. And black Unicorn, right? Something. Something about maybe. black. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. The Last Black Unicorn and they asked her about nene being a comic because Nini was on <laughs> tour with them with her. <laughs> and she said nene was funny at first but then she got drunk and it was just a mess <laughs> so i don't think nene stayed on the comedy tour but i thought that was funny coming from a comedian who is doing so well because i remember other comedians They had criticism towards NeNe being a comic and doing stand-up tours and NeNe was clapping back at them. So far, (laughs) I haven't uh, heard her say anything about Tiffany, so.
1: I mean, I think Tiffany is just a truth teller and she's a great (laughs) storyteller and I am really rooting for her. So please go buy her book. I think it is called The Last Black Unicorn because she is so, so, so funny. And that is one of my next purchases. But in speaking of other nominations to come out, we just had Grammy nominations come out and you already know how I feel about the Grammys considering last year's mm-hmm. debacle with our queen bee, but it is important cuz that's the field that we work in. <laughs> so we would like to give a shout out to Jay-Z and Kendrick and Bruno and Childish Gambino for comprising the majority of the nominees for Album of the Year. Yes. And I think Lord is the other one thrown in there. Um, she for hasn't Mellow had Drama. a Hesent
0: Royal. Is that and what she, it's called? She had um, the second yeah, song
1: after that, though. That was cute. It didn't do as well. But regardless, she's probably not going to win. Because well, Jay-Z
0: needs to win. Or we need reparations <laughs> for Beyonce.
1: but The reparations will come. When she is nominated for the next like super album she puts out that she has been recording for the last 10 years of her oh my life. God,
0: you guys, <laughs> did you see that interview with her choreographer? And he said her performance at Coachella is going to be a game changer. I'm like, what the, what <laughs> more can she do? Oh my gosh. Like, and I really want to go to Coachella, but a part of me is like, that seems like a lot better. Well, cool. I mean, tickets are already I'm sold to out. Be, Hey, got to so, do something strange for a little bit of <laughs> but, Let's call Kim Zolziak. Maybe her daughter can help us out oh, with this. Oh, Lord. But <laughs>
1: also another um, Beyonce congrats that we can give out is her and Ed Sheeran um, mm-hmm. just received uh, number one in the Billboard charts for their song, Perfect. Now, for those of you in the hive, true hivers, you should know. That Beyonce is not a fan of the Billboard charts. And she purposefully (laughs) puts out albums to not try to get them songs off those to be singles. And she really just avoids the top 10 at like the plague. So it's very interesting for her to come out with, because this Ed Sheeran put out this song already. Well, he didn't put it out, but it was on his album and it didn't feature Beyonce. And so they went back and added her into this song, so it's really interesting that she, because she had to duet with Eminem, Eminem and everyone's water. like, "Ooh, no."
0: It's... I didn't even make it through the song. I'm I just not like, here for the the Beehive. Really, like,
1: had to swallow that one because, mm-hmm. like, if anyone said anything, like, what were you gonna say? Like, because it it really wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all. That's the. Most slander you're gonna get about her from us on this show.
0: Cardi B was also nominated for best rap album and rap performance, and that's congrats to her. I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, she—that's a journey, really. Con- think about all the yeah. other people who started off on reality television and love hip hop. There's not many you could say ended up at the the award show that's at the top of their field, whether it be right. like music theater or film or television or the music, the Grammys. Like, she
0: she is... Cardi has done her thing. Congrats to her. I mean, um, she has come a long way. Long I, I'm so fucking tired of <laughs> both yellow, man. I just oh, wish no, that song would go away.
1: I don't think we need to hear that and anymore. For
0: me, you know, I know she's getting encouragement from other people and them telling her to take her time but girl how long are you gonna take
1: okay so what can tide you over hold you over rather is her verse on no limit with yeah g easy i
0: can't stand g easy even though he from the bay but i do love that song and when that song comes on new york radio they only play carney's part (laughs) so that's hilarious but her new song what uh offset um yeah on call. Quality Control's new album. I'm like, Cardi, you starting to expose yourself now because that shit was trash. I, and like I, Uncle Charlotte says, just because you don't like something and not with the majority opinion does not mean you're a hater. Everybody has their preferences, okay?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree. But <laughs> speaking of sports.
0: <laughs> sports? gambling sports betting you know that is a hot topic right now on the supreme court in the sports world arguably it's one of the biggest cases right ever over federalism um well most recent cases so
1: yeah we haven't had to tackle this in a minute right um, i mean obviously in terms of like um same sex marriages and whatnot but this one directly deals with a state law versus federal law
0: so the federal court is basically setting laws to tell the states what they can and cannot do in regards to sports betting. Um, and again, like we said, this case is important because the decision impacts federalism, the 10th Amendment of the Constitution.
1: Stay tuned for the breakdown where we will cover federalism. So here's a little background. In 2011, New Jersey voters approved a measure to legalize sports betting To help the casino industries when New Jersey's economy was failing. Soon after, the New Jersey state law was immediately challenged by professional sports leagues and the NCAA. The sports leagues and the NCAA highlighted a federal law passed in 1992 called the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, PASPA, that banned state sports betting with some some exceptions.
0: So PASPA makes it unlawful for a state to sponsor, operate, advertise, promote, license, or authorize by law sports wagering. Nevada, Montana, Delaware, and Oregon were exempt from the law because they already had enacted sports lotteries and were allowed to continue to do so, but any other state was prohibited from doing so. At the time, New Jersey could have allowed sports wagering, If it had acted within a year of the law's effective date. However, New Jersey failed to do so. Therefore, under federal law, New Jersey could not participate in sports betting.
1: So, in 2012, New Jersey officially passed the law to allow sports betting. Sports leagues challenged the law, citing the 1992 law, and they won in federal court. And in 2014, New Jersey tried to pass a new law that repealed key provisions of its prohibitions on sports wagering to the extent they applied at racetracks and casinos. And yet again, the courts ruled against the state and decided in favor of the professional sports team and NCAA.
0: This 2014 decision led to New Jersey Governor Chris Christie to take the case to the Supreme Court. (laughs) So in the case Christie versus NCAA, New Jersey sees the case as a state's right issue and argues that the 1992 law is unconstitutional because it violates the so-called anti-commandeering principle of the 10th Amendment that bars Congress from ordering states to participate in a federal regulatory scheme.
1: New Jersey got wise and they were like okay let's try something else (laughs) so it repealed state regulations on gambling to make it a purely private matter the NCAA and the major sports major professional sports organizations sued New Jersey against and won in court Um, the state is now appealing the decision in the supreme court
0: oral arguments took place December 4th 2017, and both sides argued their cases before Supreme Court justices. New Jersey lawyer Theodore Olson argues that Congress is limited to exercising its legislative authority directly over individuals rather than over states.
1: The Supreme Court noted that there is no clear federal policy addressing sports betting. They suggested that instead the federal law is directed at the state, telling the states what to do. That falls within commandeering.
0: Justice Kennedy suggested that the federal law leaves in place a state law that the state does not want. So the citizens of the state of New Jersey are bound to obey a law that the state doesn't want, but that the federal government compels the state to have.
1: Justice Samuel Alito suggested that Congress could have prohibited sports gambling itself instead of forcing the state to do so but it chose not to. West Virginia and 17 other states and the governors of three more are siding with New Jersey in the case. They say in court briefs that if the high court sides with the sporting leagues, Congress could have the entire machinery of state government, legislatures, executives, and courts to maintain and enforce repeal- repealed state laws at the behest of the federal government. That's a lofty thing <laughs>
0: Lawyers for the sports leagues suggest that the federal law does not run afoul of the Constitution because it doesn't force the states to take any action or become a part of any federal regulatory scheme. It simply prohibits sports betting in the states. This case turned on a fundamental distinction between commandeering and preemption. Principal Deputy Solicitor General Jeffrey B. Wall stated that Congress may not require states to enact or maintain federally prescribed regulations but it may and routinely does prohibit states from adopting laws that conflict with federal policy
1: ultimately Christie versus ncaa is probably the most important federalism case on the court's docket this year because it will have ramifications far beyond the confines of sports betting in new jersey and it could impact a broad range of other policy domains where the states are rolling back pre-existing prohibitions in the shadow of stricter federal laws. So we can expect a ruling from the court in June 2018.
0: Again, make sure you guys stay tuned for the breakdown where we will let you know about the 10th amendment of the constitution. Now on to DMX. So it looks like he may be headed to prison because he couldn't pay his taxes, and tax season is coming. So, make sure y'all prepared. And if anybody said they go pay you back with a tax money, they not.
1: Listen, there's no reason that you should not be able to get your taxes done by April fifteenth. I believe. <laughs> yeah. Even like last year, I think in the year before last, maybe too the h&r blog girl h&r blog they give you the tools now you don't even have to pay to file your i think it's both state and federal taxes you can file for free online like and you could take them in and they will do it as long as you're just using the easy 40 and you meet like an income requirement Mm -hmm. but like y'all get your taxes in and please like Pay what you're supposed to pay. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Rapper DMX real name Earl Simmons was facing a 14 count indictment over allegedly avoiding paying $1. <laughs> $1. 1.7 million in federal taxes by hiding his income. If he was found guilty of all counts, he was facing up to 44 years of prison time. Oof. Can I just say, if they go send Ron Isley to jail over taxes, they go send DMX to jail over
1: taxes. <laughs> <Texas. laughs> Well, the indictment alleged that DMX's earnings from musical recordings and performances from 2002 through 2005 meant that he owed federal income tax liabilities of approximately $1.7 million, and those early liabilities went unpaid.
0: Then from 2010 through 2015, DMX earned over 2300000 million. I'm just happy to see he out here working and making money because drugs the, are How was he making thing. money wasn't he in jail i don't know but in between that i know he was doing shows <laughs> and then the rough rider store well that okay. wasn't recent but okay. okay so um prosecutors say he did not file tax returns for those years instead they claim he used cash <laughs> and avoided personal bank accounts he used the bank accounts <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> because this is smart like
1: Well, until it catches up with you. It's smart only in the sense that you have people who are working with you who know what they're doing. But I'm sure when he was getting paid, he was the people that were paying him, they have to file File taxes. And so when they file taxes for their business or corporation, they have to say, I paid DMX Mm. $17,000 for this appearance. And normally, if you're a regular citizen, all they care about is your taxes and how you file them. But when you get above a certain threshold of income and notoriety, they start paying attention to make sure that you are actually filing Mm -hmm. and putting all the correct income. (laughs)
0: Cross-checking, cross-checking, cross-checking. So they said that DMX used the bank accounts of nominees, including business managers, to pay personal expenses.
1: He also received hundreds of thousands of dollars of royalty income from his music recordings, but managed to skate on taxes, prosecutors claim. The indictment claimed that DMX would get his managers to accept the royalties, then give DMX cash.
0: Prosecutors claim that he filed a false affidavit in the U.S. bankruptcy court listing his income as unknown for 2011 and 2012. Then he said he made $10,000 for 2013. In reality, said prosecutors, DMX received hundreds of thousands of dollars of income in each of those years.
1: (sighs) So DMX and prosecutors have reached a deal and he has pled guilty to only one of the 14 counts of fraud, which has a max sentence of five years, though he could serve much less depending on his behavior. So now his sentencing is set for March 29th of 2018.
0: They need to let DMX go. He has enough struggles in his life and he's trying to get back on track. The only good thing about him going to jail is maybe it will be rehabilitation for him. But, you Um, know,
1: he he already went to jail. Okay, never mind. I don't know. You know who doesn't need any more jail time? Meek Mill. So some updates on Meek Mill.
0: Y'all should see my face. I don't know if I agree with this. Okay, go ahead.
1: Well, <laughs> his lawyers don't think they need, he needs any more jail time. So remember he was sent to jail recently by Judge Brinkley in Philly for violating his probation. As promised, Meek's attorney requested that Judge Brinkley recuse herself from the case because she had acted inappropriately in her actions so that she wrongfully sent Meek to jail.
0: And remember on our previous episode where we discussed this case with criminal attorney Matthew R. Small, he said that the attorney should have requested that the judge recuse herself before they continued on with all these other um, cases because if she really did act inappropriately. But additionally, Meek applied for a bail reconsideration, but was denied by Judge Brinkley because she believes the rapper to be a flight risk given the fact that he has multiple addresses and knows the severity of the sentence he faces. I mean, couldn't she just put him on house arrest?
1: That's the... Listen, right there, I was like, I don't necessarily think he's a flight risk if everyone and their mother knows that he is out on bail and someone is going to write... Like, TMC follows people around that are celebrities so they can wrap them out
0: so let me tell y'all a funny story real quick my cousin (laughs) lives in philly and my aunt went to visit my cousin my aunt's from philly too but she doesn't live there anymore and so it was a billboard up and my aunt was like oh shoot philly is changing so much my cousin's like yeah it is she was like they're building a new mall like i can't believe it they putting a mall right in the hood." And my cousin was like, mom, what are you talking about? She was like, Meek Mill, that's a mall, ain't it? That's a new mall. <laughs> and then my um, and my cousin was like, no, mom, that's a rapper. It's a rapper, Meek Mill. <laughs> my aunt goes, oh, well, it must be some serious sin if they need to do all that and put a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people, you got to love them sometimes.
1: Oh, my God. Um, well, they tried something else after they couldn't get a bail reconsideration. So Meek's mill team filed an original writ of habeas corpus motion to have Meek immediate released on November 28th. But this was denied by the Pennsylvania Superior Court the same day. And for those of you who don't know, um, a writ of habeas corpus is just a motion that you send to the judge when you think someone has been um, detained without illegally or without a reason so that's what they're trying to say like she passed him in jail for no reason essentially
0: right so Meek's team has since appealed the denial of bail reconsideration with the Superior court and jail sentence as a whole and probably the most fascinating update of all of this is that there may be an ongoing FBI investigation into Judge Brinkley's actions and Meek's team is hoping to use the existence of the investigation as a basis to have Judge Brinkley removed from the case.
1: So I think out of everything that we talked about that's probably the the leg they may have to stand on if that is true that the FBI is investigating her Mm -hmm. because that could be like okay this is something that stretches farther than any of the attorneys could have researched or figured out on their own where they have to get the resources of the FBI involved.
0: So Danny Masterson has somewhat of update on his case. Uh, We spoke about this on our previous episode as well. As you all remember, he is on well, was on that 70s show and he was accused of sexual assault and rape by several women in L.A. And there have been allegations that the Church of Scientology is working with the authorities in Los Angeles to make the accusations go away.
1: Well, it seems Netflix does not care about any investigation that the police are doing because they made a decision to remove Danny off of their original show that is currently in production called The Ranch. So now Danny is just out there floating without a gig apparently, but they haven't taken any of the episodes of that 70s show off of Netflix
0: Mm, but they took the Cosby show off of BET, but anywho, <laughs> as of now, the LAPD uh, still does not have any updates on the investigations, and I know I called him a rapist, but let me throw the word, alleged.
1: Alleged. <laughs> and finally, for our last update, this one I did not see coming necessarily. But here we are. Ezekiel Elliott, if you remember, we talked about him. I don't know how many episodes ago, but Mm -hmm. it was very much a saga. And that saga is finally coming to an end. Um, So Ezekiel Elliott and NFL Players Union have decided to withdraw um, the appeal of his six-week suspension from playing with the NFL's Dallas Cowboys. And remember, Ezekiel had appealed the decision several times since August of this year.
0: To refresh everyone, although authorities in Ohio chose not to press charges against Elliott, the NFL conducted a 13-month investigation and on August 11, announced that it had persuasive evidence that Elliott committed domestic violence, which led to his six-game suspension.
1: An official statement for Elliott reads, this decision is, is in no way an admission of any wrongdoing, and Mr. Elliott is pleased that the legal fight mounted by him and his team resulted in the disclosure of many hidden truths regarding this matter, as well as public exposure of the NFL's management mismanagement of its disciplinary process. Mr. Elliott will maximize this time away from the game and come back even stronger both on and off the field. He intends to release a final personal statement in the upcoming weeks and until then we have no further comment.
0: So Ezekiel will serve out whatever remaining suspension time he has left and will no longer appeal the decision and again this comes down to money because yeah. the uh, NFL contracts are not guaranteed and you're paid and you're paid based off the number of games you play so
1: and I'm sure just dragging this out, then it was wearing you down like emotionally as well. Because when you're in lawsuits like this, nothing moves quickly. So you have to sort of wait and are forced to relive and replay out mm. whatever issue is being handled in the court. And that just gets emotionally draining, especially if you are really personally attached to what's happening. Like And costly. Yes, it's very costly, too. But I think um, the NFL Players Union was working with him to handle a lot of the, yeah. the um, costs for the mm-hmm. his legal team. But I'm sure they were like, mm, you're probably not going to win this. <laughs> and I just need
0: to go on a tangent real quick about the NFL Players Association. I can't remember this dude's name, but his name doesn't matter. He... It's over the NFL's player association. I believe the president and was trying to take the $100 million that the NFL was going to offer the players to go to their causes um, to support whatever causes they had instead of them kneeling during the game. And no, that is not what the kneel is about. The kneel <laughs> is about the unarmed black and brown people getting killed by the police it has nothing to do with the flag it has nothing to do with the military mm. and for you to say oh let's just stand up for the national anthem and take this money absolutely not people think that they can buy their way out all the time and then this is why we're fighting the same fight as our parents because you do stuff like this so ultimately i think this was a divide and conquer situation because some players who are really down for the cost decided that they're not going to be a part of the NFL Players Association with this dude leading the pack and wanting to take that money. Eventually, you know, the player Association decided not to take the money. But to even consider that yeah. is just completely ridiculous because that is not what the fight is about. And I was just very upset.
1: I agree with everything you just said. This is The Breakdown, Breakdown. and today's topic, Federalism and the Tenth Amendment. The Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution is part of the Bill of Rights. The Tenth Amendment states, "...the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people."
0: It expresses the principle of federalism and states' rights, which strictly supports the entire plan of the original Constitution for the United States of America by stating that the federal government possesses only those powers delegated to it by the United States Constitution. All remaining powers are reserved for the states or the people.
1: The Supreme Court rarely declares laws unconstitutional for violating the Tenth Amendment. In the modern era, the court has only done so where the federal government compels the states to enforce federal statutes. In
0: 1992, in New York versus the United States, for only the second time in 55 years, the Supreme Court invalidated a portion of a federal law for violating the 10th Amendment. And that was the breakdown.
1: Well, that wraps up another episode. Um, We just want to wish you like happy holidays. We know everyone doesn't celebrate Christmas, so by the time our next episode comes out, it may have been the entirety of Hanukkah that has happened, (laughs) Kwanzaa, (laughs) and or Kwanzaa summer or winter solstice, the new uh, year, the new year. So, (laughs) you know, everyone has their things that they're trying to do this holiday season. So. Um, don't be all up on us But we are
0: thinking of y'all Please let us know of any topics, ideas Guests uh, That you think should come on We see your comments and feedback And you know um, We'll keep you updated on some of your favorite cases I know people have reached out to Us about that so
1: Oh also Donald Trump did not bring Christmas back I don't care what he says
0: <laughs> He said that? <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. my God. <laughs> well, this Christmas, well, I'll be in New York Christmas Day. But after that and going into the new year, I'm going to be in the motherland. <gasps> you know, it's my first time. So,
1: You know what? The motherland, speaking of the motherland, I just took a DNA test.
0: You did? Did so you get I, your results?
1: I haven't got my results back, but... I may do a reveal on an episode about where my origins are, because y'all know black people don't know where we're really from.
0: (laughs) I know, yes. Let us know. I want to do mine, but I'm scared.
1: I think it depends on who you use, because some of them are not very accurate to the geographic location. Mm -hmm. They can get you generally to a region, but it's hard because countries, especially in Africa, they weren't they didn't have the boundaries necessarily that they right. did today, but I'm uh, super excited. I've been also hanging out on Ancestry.com trying to piece together what I can in the U.S. portion of things to see if it was like a direct line from Africa or did like was there a stopover down in the Caribbean and. So it's interesting because, yeah. you know, black Keep people, we us just updated because I've our lineage. been saying
0: for years I was going to do that, but I never have. So, hey, this might be some motivation once we get your results.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that wraps it up. I will be saying hello and waving to you all um, on the interwebs down from the Key West, girl. Um, <laughs> trying to get my tan on, not even at all i'm too dark for that but <laughs> i will be up under a parasol or an umbrella with my short shorts i'm trying not to get bit by a shark so just remember we are not your attorneys, attorneys. bye y'all bye.